Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Wasn't it great to hear from our middle school choir? You know, just to to remember how joyful it is to sing in the congregation of the faithful. And so it's great to be a church that that loves to hear kids sing and loves to encourage one another to sing and lift up voice and song. Well, we're beginning this series gentle. I want to encourage you to open your Bibles. If you brought your Bible, please open it to Galatians chapter 5. If you didn't bring your Bible, I am kind of uh, moving around the passage. So I, I would encourage you to open a Bible in the pew rack and go to Galatians uh, chapter 5 as I read to you from Galatians 5.22 to Galatians 6 verse 3. And um, did anybody open a pew Bible? Just give me the page reference. 1773. It was a very fine year. <laughs> and as we open the scriptures, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for your grace to us, to speak to us, to love us, to hold us steady. And we pray that you open your word to us this morning, not letters on a page, but your voice, your loving voice, your kind voice speaking to us, that we might know you better, love you more, follow you with more passion, reflect your love to this world. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people said... Amen. Galatians 5 at 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. This is God's word, and we're grateful. Amen? Well, gentle, the forgotten fruit. I have a a friend whose grandparents would make him stand on the front step and would not let him and his brothers and sisters enter the house until they all recited the nine fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. Oh, excuse me, I blew it right off the bat. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So I thought that was pretty funny that his grandparents would make him stand on the front step and, and he was telling us this story, but then his eyes went really wide and he said, And they lived in Minnesota. (laughs) 
So you imagine them driving up. They would drive up at, at Christmas time. And here are these little kids, these little grandkids coming to see Grandma and Grandpa, and they're standing on the front step trying to think of the nine fruit of the Spirit in minus 22-degree weather, you know, with their fingers numb and their lips are frozen and there's icicles of snot forming in their nose and <laughs> teeth chattering, and they're trying to think of <laughs> kindness. I thought that was great. <laughs> Maybe some of you grandparents ought to try something like that. Because <clears throat> he remembers it. He did, 25 years later, he knows all nine. He remembers them all. But I bet the one fruit of the Spirit that you would tend to forget as you were frozen there on the front step is gentleness. Gentleness. You've heard of the forbidden fruit. Well, this is the forgotten fruit. <laughs> And that's, that's just how gentleness is, isn't it? It just sort of sits back and lets the others take all the attention, you know. Oh, you want to talk about it? Just go talk. You don't have to talk about me. Just go to the love, joy, peace. That's all exciting. Everyone likes to talk about self-control. Just talk about just the, I don't need any attention. I'm gentleness. But I think gentleness deserves some attention. For us boys, we grew up being told to be gentlemen. A man of God is gentle. A woman of God, a woman rooted in faith in Christ, walks in gentleness of spirit. When we stand firm as Christians, we're taught, as we'll talk about uh, next week, we're taught to do that, to stand firm in the faith and, and give an answer for the faith and to do it gently and with respect. Someone who truly attends to growing in gentleness will stand out in this world. Gentleness reflects the light of Jesus. It doesn't take more than one lap around the track to see what kind of a world we're living in. You just have to watch one news cycle go around to see that we are living in a punch back harder kind of a world. You poke me, I'll punch you. You punch me, I'll kick you. And whoever hits harder wins, right? And are you sure that's what Jesus intends for us? It just doesn't feel like the fruit of the Spirit to me. I think God has a different way f- for us, a different kind of victory maybe, a different kind of, of success, a different kind of win when we're following Jesus. So I thought we could all benefit from a few weeks on the fruit, on this, the fruit of the Spirit, but this fruit of the Spirit in particular of gentleness so you know, when you, when you let the punch back harder kind of mentality take a hold in you, what happens is you wind up, you wind up hitting people you didn't mean to hit. If you really let that wash over you, sometimes you harm people who mean the most to you just because you've learned to hit first and think later. And Paul wrote this to the young church in Galatia. Back in Galatians 5.15, right above the passage that we're reading, if you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. There's an impulse to just use the fangs and the claws, to jump at each other, even among Christians. It says, watch out, you don't consume one another like dogs. You know, if all you do is use the fangs, you might hurt someone you're trying to love. It's like kissing Dracula. We just had Halloween. It's not recommended. 
But there's a better way. There's a better way. And, but we're going to have to choose it, and we're going to have to move toward it, and we're going to have to cultivate it because our flesh is going to want to run in the opposite direction. Paul's famous passage about the fruit of the Spirit is actually in the middle of a section of uh, outlining a stark contrast, a, a battle waged within the hearts and the minds of, of believers, a battle between flesh and spirit. It's set up most clearly in verses 16 and 17 of chapter 5, where he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. So you don't just fly toward whatever you want. You think and then you do. Why? Because there's a war going on. There's a battle going on. And you're walking into the middle of it. And what you choose is what you will become. And, and you may c- cause great damage or find great damage within yourself if you step in the wrong way. You're not on an even playing field. You're on a battlefield between the powers of the flesh and the powers of the spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Don't be surprised or dismayed when this battle wages, but be mindful and choose Jesus. Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote about this battle in his commentary on Galatians. He said, no one should despair because of the the sinful nature often stirs up new battles against the spirit or because the sinful nature cannot be subdued straight away and made obedient to the spirit. So he said, even in believers, this battle, more so in believers, this battle wages between flesh and spirit. And so don't despair. Luther wrote, anyone who does not know this doctrine that you're going to be in this battle and thinks that the faithful ought to be faultless and yet sees the opposite in himself will eventually be overcome by depression and despair. If you think you're supposed to be perfect, you're not. But anyone who knows this doctrine well and uses it properly finds evil things turning out for good. When the sinful nature provokes such people to sin, they are stirred up and forced to seek forgiveness of sins in Christ and to embrace the righteousness of faith. Therefore, this is Martin Luther speaking, he says, it is very good for us sometimes to feel the wickedness and corruption of our sinful nature so that we may be wakened and stirred up to faith and call upon Christ. If you feel the desires of your sinful nature, do not despair of salvation. Listen to this now. Luther says, the more godly you are, the more you feel that battle. We think sometimes that as soon as we're rooted in Christ, the weeds stop growing and the wind stops blowing and the storms stop coming and the inner battle is over. No, no, no. It has just begun. But as you hold fast to Christ, as you are rooted in Christ, in the wind, in the storm, well, then the fruit will come and it will be even more the sweeter because of the struggle. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Oh, for peace, right? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and what? Gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Fruit doesn't just happen immediately. It doesn't just pop out. It grows slowly. It is born on a vine. The ancient Jerome wrote, Paul has spoken elegantly by allotting works to the flesh and fruits to the spirit. Vices come to nothing and perish in themselves, he wrote. Virtues multiply and abound in fruit. You see, what he's saying is works of the, of the flesh, they happen quickly and they produce nothing of lasting value. But good fruit, good things, virtues, the good things that come from abiding in Christ our vine, the fruit that emerges from hanging in with him through the struggle, these are different. Fruit is different. It's lasting. It's enduring. It's, listen, think about this. Fruit is, is sweet to the taste. Fruit is attractive to the eye. Fruit is seed-bearing. It's, it's abundant. It reproduces itself. It's, it's fecund. It's fertile. It's bountiful. It's where life sort of keeps going and keeps growing and overflowing in fruit. It, works of the flesh are dead ends. They just end like that. But fruit, it grows and it abounds. Are you rooted in the flesh or are you rooted in the spirit to bear fruit? Well, what is fruit and how do you get it? See, kids, before strawberry was a flavor of Laffy Taffy, you know, in the bottom of the Halloween bag, before, you know, before we could buy fruit, uh, any season in, in plastic bags or plastic boxes, you know, you could buy it in strawberries in January, I always like to say. You know, before all of that could happen, this, this had to grow. It had to grow. It had to emerge out of dirt. It had to come out of, of soil, you know. I actually got interested in how fruit grows, and I looked up a little bit about the Rocky Ford cantaloupe. Anybody taste some Rocky Ford cantaloupe this year? Oh, Yeah. Well, they had a banner crop. So I wanted to look up, well, how do they do this? How, how, do they, how do they grow this fruit? Or is it a fruit? We'll see. One farm out there uh, in Rocky Ford produces over 2 million cantaloupe every year. In April, GPS programmed autopilot planters <laughs> move across the, the surface of the soil and they plant the seeds in perfect distribution, one inch deep, every one. Irrigation is applied underneath the root system, underneath the seat bed by GPS systems so that the vines never have to search for water. Weeds and bugs, of course, are controlled. Air circulation and sun exposure are all monitored and planned and measured, and the leaves are guarded because it's the leaves that produce the sugar. Now, a normal cantaloupe can expect a bricks level. Do you know what a bricks level is? See, for those who don't know, which I didn't know, a bricks level is how you measure the sugar content in the fruit. Now, a normal cantaloupe out there, you know, 
could expect a BRICS level around 13 or 14. But Rocky Ford cantaloupe this year hit a BRICS level of, do you want to guess? Don't guess too high. No, 16. 16. Some say the sweetest cantaloupe in the world. Now, how do they do that? Well, you ask the farmers, they're not sure exactly how. They say it's something in the soil, and it's something in the, in the heat of the day and the cold of the night. The soil and the extremes. Boy, there's, there's, does anybody else smell a whole sermon right in that? <laughs> Maybe we ought to just do that. (laughs) The soil, the context, the rootedness. What's coming up invisibly, what's growing up invisibly from under the ground where you can't even see the soil, the seabed, the the root bed, and and then the extremes, the hot and the cold. Uh, The fruit, the sweetness of the fruit is produced by what the fruit endures at the extremes as it hangs in. But as anyone in agriculture knows, you can do everything you can think of. You can buy as many machines. You can do as much as you want, you know, to prepare to support the growth of fruit. But as anyone in agriculture knows, you do not grow fruit. The fruit grows or it doesn't grow by forces that are way beyond your control. But listen, the hardest pressures produce the sweetest fruit. Well, that's fruit. That's fruit. What's fruit of the Spirit, and how do we get it? What's fruit of the Spirit, and how do we get it? Eugene Peterson wrote, fruit is the result of a long organic process. This process is complex and intricate. Fruit isn't something made, manufactured, or engineered. It isn't the product of drawing boards or committee meetings or sophisticated technologies. It isn't the invention of a genius. It's the result of a life of faith that is both germinated and nurtured by God's Spirit. What is spiritual fruit, and how do we get it? Jesus said in John 15, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. We don't make spiritual fruit any more than Rocky Ford makes cantaloupe. But if we prepare the context, if we root ourselves in the soil of Christ, if we abide in Christ, if we cultivate this platform, this opportunity, if we hold on to Jesus, then we will find fruit. The Spirit of God germinates it, nurtures it, and brings it to fruition. The Spirit grows fruit in us, in all of us. If you're a Christ follower this morning, the Spirit is at work growing fruit in your life. 
He gives us gifts, but that's something different. You've heard of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are, are capabilities given to particular believers. They're different and particular for the upbuilding of the church in community. That's a particular character given to individuals. That's a spiritual gift. The fruit of the Spirit is different. Fruit of the Spirit, these are not capabilities. These are character traits, and they are for every believer, every follower of Christ, to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Love joy, peace. These are for every one of you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. No one is immune. No one is is left behind. These are growing within you. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are for you. By the way, is a cantaloupe a fruit or a vegetable? How many say fruit? How many say vegetable? Not as many. It's impossible to know, and I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) The debate rages, but let's debate gently, shall we? Well, this month we zero in on one fruit, one fruit that the Lord is giving us, and that's gentleness, the forgotten fruit, the one we probably forget the most. But gentleness is a virtue. It is sweet and attractive, and seed-bearing. It distributes itself. It reproduces itself. Gentleness is a godly quality to be developed and cultivated as the fruit of the Spirit of God in every one of us. So do you hope to be a gentler person? Do you, are you ever consciously longing to be gentler of spirit, gentler of heart, with those around you in your life. What's the last time that you prayed for the Spirit of God to develop more gentleness within you? You see, it's a fruit of the Spirit. I asked some of the staff what they thought of gentleness, and it confirmed some of my suspicions. As as guys, (laughs) particularly I'm talking to the guys just for a minute now, as guys... We don't pray for this. We don't, we don't think we want gentleness. That seems unmanly. I don't want to be weaker. I, want to be, I don't want to be a doormat, you know. I want to be stronger. I want to be an overcomer. I want to be victorious. I want to be, you know, that's, that's masculine. Gentleness feels like weakness. But listen now, gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is strength. Gentleness is strength. Gentle and humble are in the same word family in the New Testament. When you think of gentleness, think of humility. Humility, it is said, is is not thinking less of yourself. It's not diminishing yourself or devaluing yourself. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Thinking of others putting others first. And that actually requires great confidence and great inner strength. This was a radical idea in Paul's day. Paul was not only a, a, a Jew and, and a follower of Christ. Paul was a Roman citizen. 
And Romans are, were famously addicted to pride and power and conquest. The four cardinal virtues of Rome were wisdom, courage, temperance, and justice. And as those four cardinal virtues got applied to Roman men and Roman military leaders and emperors, they were all, all four of them, they were all just ways to beat your opponent. Wisdom. If I'm smarter than you, I can beat you. That's wisdom. Courage. If I have more fortitude, more strength, more courage into battle, I can beat you. Temperance. If I show more restraint, well, then I won't, I won't overextend my power, and you will overextend your power, and in my self-control and my temperance, I can beat you. You see? Uh, self, uh, the uh, justice. Justice. Justice, and if I'm a Roman warrior, I'll tell you what justice is. As soon as my boot is on your neck, I'll explain to you what right and wrong are and what's fair and what's right in this world. That's the Roman idea of justice. This was Roman manliness, Roman virtue. And in the face of that, Paul pulls aside this church in Galatia. He says, not so for you, followers of Christ, not so for you. Grow in gentleness. Watch now in chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person, what? Gently. Of all the fruit that he could pull down into that situation, gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. If someone falters, he's saying, if someone stumbles, if they fall over, and they're in their weakness. They're in their vulnerability. So get them. Jump on them. Kick them while they're down. Take their spot. No. Restore them, you who live by the Spirit of God. And restore them gently, with, with humility, humbly. I get the picture of a gardener carefully repairing a vine. We used to... Um, when we lived in Charlottesville, Virginia, we used to grow tomatoes that grew up the posts uh, of our deck up to the second level. I mean, like 12, 13 feet high. And every now and then, um, a storm or a kid <laughs> or a kid who was acting like a storm <laughs> would, would bend one of those vines. And if you came up to it and you just cranked it back, well, you'd, you'd snap it, or you'd bend it the other direction. You had to restore it gently, thoughtfully. You had to carry the weight of burden of what's being borne by that branch and lift it, and then you could restore it. That's, a, that's living by the Spirit. That's strength, humbly and gently restoring one another with a spirit of humility, that not with a kick them while they're down attitude, but with a spirit that says, I could easily be where you are, my friend. And now let's get things back on track. Verse 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. That's no way to beat someone. That's no way to conquer anyone. Carrying their burdens? Yes. It takes strength to be humble. Gentleness is strength. Weakness is selfish, defensive, self-centered conceit. Puffed up with pride, the weak always have to have the last word. 
And so you get in verse three, if anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Friends, do you want to grow in gentleness? It's about humility. Not thinking little of yourself. Not diminishing your value or your self-worth. You are of eternal value to God. You are named as his child. You have an eternal value in the kingdom of God. Not thinking little of yourself, but thinking of yourself a little less. Thinking of others a little more. Jesus called himself gentle. In Matthew 11, he said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am, what? Gentle. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's Jesus. If power is punching harder, if winning means I hit you harder than you hit me, if that's what it is to be strong, then why, why, why is the most powerful, most influential event in all of human history, why is the singular event around which all of human history spins, why is that, that event, a man pinned helplessly to a cross? Here's the gentle one the gentle Savior, giving himself away for you and for me. The single most influential, impactful, powerful event in all of human history was a moment of abject vulnerability and weakness. Jesus knows the strength of being gentle. Can you and I? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are our refuge and strength, that your name is a mighty tower, that your victory is sure, that you are the one lifted up, the name above all names. And we thank you for your gentleness, and we pray for this fruit of your spirit within us, that it would grow fuller, that even this week, Lord, in our relationships and our lives, as we bear witness to you in this city and in this world, that, that there would be something of the attractiveness, the beauty, the sweetness of gentleness in us. We pray it not because we know how to do it, but because we look to you, our Lord and our Savior, to bring this into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.